0: Hey! <laughs> hey!
1: Welcome to Binge Theory, the coolest corner on the internet. I am Julian, and today I have Logan. Hello. And I have Eric. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6, Chapter 14, titled The Tragedy. Um, Gentlemen, uh, right off the bat, um, I think this was one of the most memorable episodes. Uh, I can't wait to just dissect this and go into it and see what your thoughts were. Um, I want to, you know, hand it over to Logan because I want to get your first impressions because of of the three of us, you're kind of the Star Wars aficionado, Eric's the industry guru, and I'm just the, uh, I guess, six degrees of separation nerd where I can kind of draw references to every everything else. But, Logan, since this is your – since you are <laughs> force for sensitive, so to speak, if you can please indulge us
2: with your insights. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about two uh... – Two two home runs in a row. I mean, from the introduction of Ahsoka to uh, the reveal, not reveal, which uh, I guess you did call in uh, episode one of the or the first one of the podcast. That you know, Bubba Fett, IMDb couldn't hide him forever. Um, is uh, is here and uh, has been introduced, um, albeit in another kind of almost intentionally anticlimactic way. Um, it was very interesting to see how. You know, he didn't or he ended the episode with with a bang, if you will. Um, but it was just a very, very anticlimactic, almost inappropriately nonchalant kind of an entrance. Um and, and I like the way that they've been kind of disrupting the the I don't know, status quo of of what you think should be like this like dramatic reveal of this famed character everybody's been waiting decades to see again and they're just like, you know, just kind of shows up like oh, I'm just a simple man traveling around on my spaceship, you know. That's all I am. Uh when he's so not. Um he's so much more than that and the way they introduced that was was really cool. Um I think part of it certainly goes to uh John Favreau and and Dave Filoni for the way they've kind of set up that non-status quo of a uh, just a feel for the entire Mandalorian series. Um, But I can't help but think part of it has to be Robert Rodriguez who directed this episode and his kind of personal choices and and the way that uh, the statements that he makes as a director.
1: I think that's an excellent point. Uh, Robert Rodriguez known for of course, Desperado and uh, that whole Antonio Banderas run. Matter of fact, I saw some definite shots that reminded me of Desperado um, where um, uh, Fennec, uh, who made a, a return, a surprising return with her new abs of steel, if you will. And <laughs> and she uh, did some of that, uh, I guess, genre defining jumping backwards and shooting at the same time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. gunplay, as well as the homage to Indiana Jones with the rolling boulder and and, and a lot of other, you know, Clever little winks and nods. Um, I I I, I want to you know want to get Eric's thoughts as well because uh, I I texted both of you as soon as I saw this because I was losing my mind and I couldn't wait to get here to this point and start just dissecting the whole thing. But Eric, what were your your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, they're they're really opening this uh, this can of. Possibilities at this point, man. Um, uh, it was really neat to see uh, to see Boba Fett. Um, I wasn't really clear on exactly how he got to that same planet. If does he have like some kind of tracking system where he could track where the Mandalorian was going, or or was he just just happened to be on that planet? I don't know.
2: Well, he's Boba Fett you know okay. um, well he would have tracking in the armor that mando had so he would be able to track his armor i would imagine
1: now now that um, being said yeah. um uh, let, let's you know I'm, I'm sorry eric I'm, i don't want to catch off it what did you have any other thoughts cuz you know i don't want to go start going into the critical yeah. analysis
0: no sure um there's a lot of uh it, it was a great episode i really enjoyed it um i found the uh the the dark troopers to be really interesting um that was a fun moment uh definitely reminded me of like iron giant for some reason i don't know why um i'm sure there's some other reference that that you could get from those those fellows um but uh, no it was just a really cool episode i'm just so excited to see where the whole thing is going to go um and uh you know to see uh baby yoda kind of progress a little bit saw some new abilities um from him um when he's in distress and then uh you know the whole kind of uh cylinder where he's he's i would assume summoning other jedis and stuff like that uh, it was just fascinating i mean there's a lot of a lot of thought went into uh writing the script for that episode um and it really showed so yeah
1: i you know i i couldn't agree more um i love to me this was my favorite episode only because of the bringing boba fett and i know we don't want to make this the skywalker universe and and all of that bringing you know the old the old toys in, into the new um, yeah. uh, toy chest, so to speak. But when we saw the first teaser of Boba Fett's armor um, in the, uh, the Jawa transport, and, and to that point that you brought up, Logan, about having a tracker in his mm-hmm. uh, armor, it seems a, a little roundabout way for him to, you know, not just go up to the Jawas and take it, you know, because he was on the same planet with them. He literally, or or go um, get it from Timothy, Timothy Oliphant and just take the armor then. It was a little odd that he, you know, traveled halfway across the galaxy to then just ask for it when he could have. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to belabor that point. I will say this, that even though we saw him in that episode, you know, the first reveal at the end. That was the first episode, right, of season yes. two. Even though we saw him at the end of that and and we we had a discussion of whether or not that was actually Boba Fett, and mm-hmm. I remember saying they're not that clever. It's just going to be Boba Fett. It's <laughs> um, you know because it could have been yeah one of the clones, and the age is a little off because I think uh, Tomorrow mm-hmm. Morrison is like fifty something, and Boba should be forty something. But you know it, it, again it's you know we're talking lightsabers and and land speeders. It it just, we just you know go along for the ride. Um, I loved. See and I and I'm sorry because I think Logan, you were saying last episode that that was when when you saw Ahsoka Soka mm. and you literally were audibly yelling at the screen or you know mm-hmm. just you know it, it that's how I was when I saw Slave One you know okay. just coming when when he's at the um the Jedi Temple yeah and which essentially Stonehenge you know but uh and he just you hear a noise and then he looks up and you see Slave One just coming in. And I have not seen Slave One mm-hmm. since, um, obviously uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, sure. Is it the Clone Wars? Yeah, um, where, the second where,
2: movie, not the animated series. Correct. That yes, is correct. Yes. Or the uh, second prequel.
1: Yes, and and uh, it was you know you talk about the member berries and in the fields and and all of that, and mm-hmm. um, and again I, I I mentioned this before in some of our earlier on podcasts where mm-hmm. I was saying uh, Tamara Morrison. I've been a huge fan of his since uh, his, mm-hmm. uh, um, at least the big feature film that I saw him in was called Once for Warriors, where which is you know shot in New Zealand and it has to deal with a lot of Polynesian culture, especially the um, I believe it's called the tohe. Um, It's a like a a weapon that they use. And Eric, I remember when you, you when you first saw uh, him in the um you know the the like the Tuscan garb and that staff. Now that's the same staff as I remember that the um, the uh, Tuscan Raiders when they first knocked Luke Skywalker out in Episode Four, you know when he was uh, but, but right before he saw Ben Kenobi, um, and you know the the uh, the the Tuscan was like you know raising the the I think it's a banta stick maybe, but um, it was you know the way that um, Tamar Morrison was using it was that was strict Polynesian uh, fighting. That was yeah, and and yeah, the the, the fight choreography in this was some of the most brutal I've ever seen. It's not just hitting a stormtrooper in the head and they fall over. No, he was cracking helmets with, oh, yeah. with, with that with that um that staff of his. And in and, and uh, the way he utilized it was just savage. And and um and, and of course I gotta, you know, when he when he shows up, when he goes to get his armor and he comes back to the fight. And the fact that it didn't really fit him. <laughs> like it used to was kind of cool, but still, you know, it, it, it gives you that um, the feeling of passing of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he's dusting off his old, you know, um, armor and putting it on. And sure it doesn't fit as well as it did back in uh you know, episode uh, seven, uh, oh, episode six, but again, but man I mean,
2: did it still work. I mean, yeah. even Mando stepped back and just watched him take everybody out and went, Oh,
1: Yeah, he knows how to use that (laughs) exactly. And, um, and and we also got, um, and and Eric, you brought up the um, the dark uh, what are they called again, Logan? The dark dark troopers, not that impressed, not that impressed because they didn't. I mean, maybe they will do something, but were they disagree? Yeah, what, what, what. What do they bring to the table that, uh, you know, the the droids- They're the
2: only stormtrooper that's accomplished a task they've been given. (laughs) I I, I don't mean to make complete light of it, but every other group or legion or troops of stormtroopers have failed and no, no, they're they they're,
1: com- they're completely robot though they're not like uh... it does
2: appear as if they are right now uh mm-hmm. but there have been two versions of dark troopers that have kind of come and gone through this was one of the ones that was um uh first saw in some of the older star wars dark forces games and uh, i think battlefront as well was uh the one they were actually in Um, There's also kind of a clone type version with some force powers. So I think they're probably going to use both at some point, Mm -hmm. but they haven't had, you know, Grogu to to drain them dry and try and implant them in whatever clones Moff Gideon wants to use. So I feel like it's kind of version one, version two. So they're going to use both of them in this is what it looks like.
1: Speaking of which talk about life imitating art there. And again, I don't know the, um, the, you know the the um, veracity of this. I, I've I've seen it on several of the the larger news um, channels, and and I don't want to you know talk about life outside of this bubble. But just for you know parallel comparison, apparently uh, they're trying to do a super soldier thing in China. Did you hear about that with some literal genetic modifications? Think about um, uh, Universal Soldier something along those lines, like, you know, genetic enhancement. Um, And again, you know, not, this is not something that was on the dark web. This was being broadcast on, you know, some of the major affiliates, just this is something that they're looking into. So yeah, I I can see that where you just keep trying to make a better. technology just
2: has to catch up to media.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's not like, you know, the military is really inventive. They just watch Star Trek and say, Ooh, yeah, let's do that. You know, you know, You know, the telecommunications. Ooh, what's that, a flip phone? That's a brilliant idea. Why don't I try that? I'm still waiting for my lightsabers, quite frankly. But um, speaking of lightsaber and the darksaber and the interrogation of baby Yoda and the baby handcuffs that they had at the ready. (laughs) Uh, They have
2: already had him once, so it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been kidnapped. And what about that? Is, do you think that's a little redundant, them getting their, getting him captured and then losing him and then getting him again? Is that the story? Empire meets baby. Ba- Empire loses baby. Empire gets baby back.
2: Is that is that the new story? Maybe.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> it's kept us entertained so far. Yes. But let
1: this be the last time that they get their hands on um, Grogu because you know it just seems like their incompetence is beginning to show a lot
2: and well I think the interesting thing was during that scene in particular I actually found myself holding my breath like is he gonna kill them like between some of the the conversation that ahsoka had about you know there's lots of fear in you and and this weird attachment and you know that blackout period between order 66 and whenever he resurfaced and everything like are 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 we literally on the precipice of of dark Yoda I'm so to speak oh, yeah
0: that that was the impression that I got, that I got too, Logan. I'm not really sure if he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy, um, you know, with all of his, uh, mm-hmm. his, his poor upbringing, <laughs> you know, uh, no, no, especially with those black eyes that he's got, you know, mm-hmm. um, who knows? Well, and he
1: also, he does have a propensity to just eat beings, you know, frogs, eggs, um, and, you know, stealing, stealing, um, uh, Malamar cookies and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he I mean, don't get wrong, He's
0: infants are,
1: infants are sad. <laughs> they, they, they don't have that moral uh, compass, I guess, that most people do. But yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, who knows that that could be an interesting turn. Now, uh, I don't want to give the internet too much, uh, you know, uh, authority here, but I've been seeing rumors and I've talked to some people that said, wouldn't it be interesting playing script doctor here? Wouldn't it be interesting if that signal that um, Grogu sent out into the, you know, the wifi uh, range, he came across
2: Luke Skywalker. I hope to God not.
1: Now hear me out on this. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> portrayed no.
1: by, portrayed by Sebastian Stan.
2: Uh, I it, think it would undo all the good, that The Mandalorian has done for the Star Wars franchise so far?
1: If, if they made him a, a feature character, but, you know, maybe kind of like they did with, and again, I'm just throwing movie references out here, uh, Superman at the end of Shazam, where it's kind of like an over-the-shoulder shot or just like a quick, you know, oh yeah, there's that guy, and then he's gone. So it's just, he touches it and goes away. You know, maybe something like that. I mean, you know?
2: I appreciate there are a very limited number of Jedi options left in the post Order sixty six world, but no, no, just let Skywalker be done. Let, let 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 his Force dose go. If if they can't even use it as a, if they can't even not have to use him or or that family as kind of a you know, a a last minute MacGuffin or a, a save the day kind of a thing, then there is very little hope for quite some time for, for where star Wars is going. They have to trust in, I think, and use the vast amount of, of history and media that they've created that is substantial and fantastic and, and let the franchise stand on that as opposed to on one family's shoulders.
1: I 100% agree. Um, logically, storytelling-wise, production-wise, 100%. But wouldn't it be cool? That's that's the other hand.
2: <laughs> no, no, it would be uh, for me at least. Yeah, I would rather see you know bring uh, bring one of the video game Jedi uh, people who are left out and have them come up. You know, bring a Kyle Carton or something app and just have them kind of appear. Or or you know what? Um, you want to give the internet credit? I'll give the internet credit one. Have a um one-handed mace windu come and take him.
1: That's what I was gonna throw out that as That one I would out.
2: take. That I would take in a heartbeat.
1: Now my own show. Yeah, no, now here's my only and well, there's two parts. One is that the the internet was murmuring about two characters, the the young the young
2: Jedi from um Rebels, and I don't I forget his name. Uh Ezra Bridger. Yes. Um, And that's that's the thing, though, that's who Ahsoka is trying to find. We're not entirely positive, at least as far as I've read online, whether this particular Mandalorian season takes place before or after the end of Star Wars Rebels. So there's question as to where in the Rebel storyline is this, which would indicate then where Ezra is or not. And since Ahsoka's looking for Thrawn, either it's post Rebels and he, Thrawn survived kind of their ending attack at the end of Rebels, or it's pre the end of Rebels and everybody is still out there and available, which then would, I guess, theoretically make Ezra available. But why? Like there's no Baby Yoda in that series or Grogu in that series. So that would be an odd side quest to not mention in Rebels. Um, um but yeah like i it yeah
1: well it, and again it, it, this is just internet internet jabber um one final thing going back to the mace window um and i think i even mentioned that wouldn't it be cool if mace Windu showed up uh in one of our earlier episodes um you know just with maybe he lost both of his hands or was it just one hand uh at the hands of anakin
2: i don't actually recall
1: yeah i, I and but he got you know. Lightninged out the window. And obviously we know that that doesn't kill you because everybody who's ever fallen down something survives miraculously. Um, it's just two but, floors down. Exactly. You know, and again, what's the force for if you can't stop yourself from falling out of a, uh, you know, a, uh, a World Trade Center type mm-hmm. building? But um, I'm thinking about the timeline. And again, Star Wars. But remember, Mace Windu was probably late 30s or early 40s when he killed Django Fett. Mm-hmm. And and Boba Fett is now forty something years old. Let's say, give being generous, he was probably ten when that happened. Mm-hmm. So let's just say it's thirty years after that. Right. So that would make you know uh, Mace Windu like seventy, which is probably not far from how Sam L actually is. But uh, uh, you know,
2: is played by Morgan Freeman. That's fine too.
1: Yeah. Well, You know what? Well, it's you know again. We we I think we had a, on a, on another podcast that is the discussion of um. Of melanin and how it's an anti-aging device, hmm. you know that that's the superpower. Is you know you're, you're treated horribly for so much longer. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So that was my only thing. Is I would love to see Mace Windu just do a cameo. I I don't think Sam L would ever turn anything down, uh, you know. But for him to just show up real quick, maybe a little scarred up, you know, with a uh, you know a uh, animatronic hand would would be an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Or they could go in a different direction and have a, a Jedi that we've never seen before. But I have a feeling that they're trying to stay formulaic. And the last thing I'll say before you know, because I, I, I want to get Eric's thoughts on some of this is, what about the spinoff um, murmurs about a Boba Fett prequel that they're talking about? And this would go to the um, the whole um, uh, Sarlacc pit escape, and it would tell that story. Or um, they're also talking about you know doing uh, potentially. Um, you know, something, you know, with, uh, yeah I, I heard several spin-off theories, one of Boba Fett and the other one would be back with the Gina Carano and, and that whole, uh, like Western type, uh, set up with Carl Weathers, you know, kind of like these, these, um, parallel stories, which I think is fantastic. Um, Eric, what, what do you think? Do you think, um, uh, they're going to be, uh, thinning, uh, thinning their cast by doing, um more um, spinoffs or have you heard anything about uh, any spinoffs coming down the pipe?
0: No, I mean, I, I I thought I heard some kind of rumors about the Ahsoka Tano as a possible (laughs) spinoff. And I, I did hear, you know, the, the uh, news early on about a potential uh, movie on, on Boba Fett, you know, just kind of like a, a a one-off, you know, but that never, that didn't come to fruition. Um this is back in like the rogue one days and stuff like that. There were, there was some talk about that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't, I don't know how much appetite there is. (laughs) Maybe there's a lot, (laughs) but, uh, I'd just like to see how this, how this one wraps up, um, this season. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's some satisfaction at the end of this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm enjoying the ride.
1: Well, there are just two episodes left, so whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen fast. And, right. and, uh, and, and thanks for reminding me, Eric. Yeah, it was Ahsoka Tana was the, um, other one. And I think we, we might've even talked about that on last week's episode. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, um. Logan, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously there are, you know, dyed in the wool Star mm-hmm. Wars fans and, and more Star Wars the better. Obviously, quality is something because you don't want that backlash, you know, the Ryan Johnson kind of a, a pushback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if they were to do a Ahsoka Tano, um, you know, spinoff and a potential Mandalorian prequel, uh, do you think that'd be going to the well too many times in a brief period?
2: No, I think it's exactly what they kind of have to do, or at least I would do in their place. Um, I think the biggest risk was using a, a an unknown Star Wars character, a no-named Mandalorian, as their first live-action show. Um, but they had, one, the benefit of the appetite was just so ravenous for something to come that there was a lot of expectation in there and that it was an incredibly well done series yeah. no matter who was in it or what it was about right. so they had a double whammy there for that first season um but i think it was a riskier move than going with a a bubba fett or an ahsoka tano or a um you know just a more established still secondary kind of a character so now doing that i think it affords them bigger second and third victories, because now you've not only seen these, you've seen the quality that they can be. And now you want to know these people's stories. Um, and I think they've already started to lay that out. They, they laid out a lot in that uh, episode with Ahsoka about you know, what she's been through and what she's looking for and where she might be going or, or, you know, the types of stories that you could tell in hers. And I think they did a lot of that with Boba Fett. And I think some of it stems from the questions that you asked earlier, Julian, which was, why didn't he take his armor from the Jawas? You could argue, OK, well, Mando in his armor couldn't even get anything back from the Jawas. So maybe there was no way, you know, even Boba Fett could have without his armor. But why didn't he take it from Cobb Vance? That wouldn't have been hard.
1: Yeah, that's the I wouldn't have even seen it coming. Yeah, because don't get me wrong. I mean, Boba Fett without his armor probably couldn't, you know, take out a job of transport. No.
2: (laughs) No, never gonna happen. But I think it's I mean, the thing about Boba Fett is he's always you always think of him as, you know, a bounty hunter, and bounty hunters are questionable or villains or bad guys or and he was some aspect of a villain in the original trilogy, but only because he was hired to capture Han Solo. He didn't have anything against the rebellion. He didn't have anything against the empire at that point. Um, I would argue he probably does now considering the history of the, the clones and the cloning and stuff.
1: Well, that a Jedi took off his dad's head.
2: A Jedi took off his dad's head. So he hates everybody, you know, for some reason or another. And he's a bounty hunter doing his business. And he's clearly attached to some sort of a code by the end of the series. Like, no, we said we would keep him safe and we didn't. So we're with you until he's safe. So is there a sense of honor and a sense of a code that's being developed? And is that why he didn't take the armor from Cobb Vance? Because Cobb was honorable. He was Hmm. protecting a town. He saw the good that it was doing, and yes, he was going to get his armor back, but not at the expense of, you know, that out of taking out a, a good person or or a, a you know somebody doing right with it. Like I think, you know, there hasn't been as much depth to boba fett as many many other star wars characters and a lot of what i saw this episode doing was starting to plant those hints and plant those questions and really get into you know maybe there's so much more to him boy i'd love to see you know what really is you know who is boba fett really um and that's all you need for a spin-off
1: that is true that is true. i i um i i i am curious to see the path that led him to uh being a armorless person and how the jawas came by it but i think we talked about that before where mm-hmm. it could be that uh he you know he was in the sarlacc pit and the sarlacc got killed by the dragon but again how he lost his armor that i guess that would be um revealed in the prequel if they went that route absolutely um, also the yeah, the, the I, I hear what you're saying in regards to you know the armor's doing good with um you know uh, Timothy Oliphant's character. What was it? Uh, Cobb was, Vance. Yeah, Cobb Vance. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know. <laughs> but, and uh,
2: and that's the only thing that's going to make all our our heads spin and wonder and tune in for the premiere episode of the Boba Fett spinoff.
1: It, exactly. And 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 to be fair, you know, mystery is so, what made Boba Fett such an enigma. I mean, the cool looking mm-hmm. helmet. But it was the mystery because you didn't know anything about him. And now, based on what you do know and seeing him in action, Mm -hmm. the fact that Han Solo, a hardened smuggler, was terrified when uh, when Chewbacca said Boba Fett's here. And his reaction was that of acknowledgement, like Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. Boba Fett. So he had a, you know, obviously a reputation throughout the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And even Darth Vader said, you know, when they in Empire Strikes Back, you know, you know, I need him alive, Boba Fett. I know, I know about you, you (laughs) um, you know, no liquidation or whatever, whatever he said to him. But so yeah, Boba, Mm -hmm. now that you see him in action, especially when doing that, that hand-to-hand melee combat and, and utilizing his tools, uh, you see what just a force to be reckoned with he is. And, and I'm so glad that, um, tomorrow got to really, you know, play that up because, and and again, they're bringing him back. It, it will look even more ridiculous when you look at Jedi and see how he fell into the starlight pit. That aside, uh, I remember in Empire Strikes Back just how cool he was because he wasn't doing anything, but he carried himself with kind of that um, entitlement of, "Yeah, I'm you know the baddest guy in the galaxy. People know me, people fear me." And uh,
0: I'm I'm going to withhold judgment. I'm gonna withhold judgment.
1: Uh, what on the on the on the development of the future or on
0: Boba saying? Fett? On Boba Fett, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back my. Uh, I think he's got bad intentions. I think he's got bad intentions. Hmm. I don't Absolutely. think we know everything that uh, that Boba Fett might have. Um in in store you know i mean he he has taken uh missions from the empire before how do we know he's not uh still working with them somehow in the background you know what's interesting that, you know um this is just another uh another <laughs> foot soldier out there trying to capture baby yoda so um, you know what the, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but all I know is that a bounty hunter is a bounty hunter. And, um, that is a, uh, stain, if you will, that's hard to rub off.
1: Well, and everybody, everybody's a hero in their own story. So yeah, if you're looking at it from his context or only looking at certain aspects of him, sure. He can be a hero. Here's two things. Uh, one, um, that's completely plausible because they did not blow up slave one they blew up the ryan seacrest you know um which was of course very very disheartening but the silver ball he found the server ball which was great the gear shift
2: and the the staff of course because yes
1: yes thank you yeah, the staff that was pretty cool um, yeah. um the best car staff that would be quite a turn eric if uh, boba fett were to basically you know double cross um the mandalorian i also I thought it was a little cheesy. It was a little too on the nose when Boba Fett reveals himself and he goes, I'm just a simple man making his way through the universe like my father. There's no context for that. Mandalorian doesn't know who your father is, so why would you bother? I'm getting a little animated here, but you get what I'm saying. Well, that's the
0: thing. See, the Gideon has the tracker. We know that he's tracking Mandalorian, no problem, right? And then all of a sudden, Boba Fett's there on the planet that they're on. Ah. I'm like, what... Well, wait a second here, like, you know. Anyway, I'm I'm watching that uh, that Boba Fett with, with one eye open.
1: So, gotcha, gotcha. You, yeah. you, you're not you're not trusting him, which which is. Not yet. But what to be fair, you know, excellent point because the Mandalorian is a um, an honorable man. You know, um, I guess for the job it depends. It Depends if you you know because he has no problem throwing you in carbonite and all that stuff. He you know he's just doing his side hustle you know, he's doing the, the uh, intergalactic yeah. grind, if you will. He's just going from bounty to bounty. Boba Fett, first of all, never said he was Mandalorian. He just said, uh, my father was a foundling and, you know, he got mm-hmm. the um, armor and, you know, that's my father's armor. So he was, and we've talked about this before. I don't think he Boba Fett's technically a Mandalorian. I don't think he followed uh, the Kree or anything like that. I think he just, it's his birthright, so... You know, uh, I think Ivan used the term legacy. He just shows up like a guy trying trying to get into a fraternity. Like, yeah, my dad was here. You got to take me. You got to take me. You know. You know. But um, it, I think I, it'll be interesting. But you're right. Uh, Boba Fett has never been deemed as a honorable hero, uh, and this was, you know, definitely a, you know, whether while they're on the planet and the um, the the two uh, trooper so stormtrooper transports show up. He was, you know, fighting to defend himself. He wasn't fighting really for a cause. So, good pointer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, you gotta, you gotta don't don't let him, you know, walk behind you, so to speak.
0: Well, and now, and now, the Mandalorian's going to be riding in his ship, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they they've kind of joined forces at least for a little while. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll Enough see.
2: to put out a new line of toys for the ship, I'm sure. Oh yeah. That
1: I I, and I remember I had that (laughs) Slave One toy. That was that was the coolest. I was a little concerned, um, and I thought it was kind of a mislead, uh, a misdirection, if you will, when Slave One is flying after the two transports and um he goes through the clouds, and then you see like an imperial ship, and he's like, uh, you know, I see see an imperial ship, the, the empire's back. Well, yeah, you were just fighting the the empire soldiers. We all know they're back. But then he, you know, he got way too close and then he started turning around. I was like, you know, and I'm biting my nails like, no, 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 don't, no, don't do it. Um, you know, obviously the the typical thing would be to have him get blown out of the sky. Hmm. And uh, but nothing happened. That's why I thought it was kind of an, inconse- an inconsequential moment to have him see the Empire ship that we already saw, that we already knew was there. Um, I, I think that was probably an intentional misdirect because that's a lot of special effects to just throw in there for no reason.
0: Boy, it was so cool to see that ship. That Empire ship was impressive. Man, that was awesome.
1: It is. Now, now and again, I'm, I'm trying to throw science on science fiction, but, you know, those uh, Death Troopers, or what are they, Black Troopers, Death Troopers, Dark Troopers? The, the, Dark the, Troopers. The, yeah, the, the Dark Troopers, when they were flying off Baby Yoda. First of all, let's talk about some of the, um, the puppetry with this episode, I loved it. Every scene from um, when he's uh, Baby Yoda just sitting in the chair, and you talk about the the father child bond mm-hmm. just blooming. Um, and we talked about it with the um, the last episode with Ahsoka, Ahsoka, and and she said, you know, you have a connection. Make him take the ball, and we were talking about how it's basically intergalactic uh, catch and, <laughs> and, and and Boba. Uh, um, and and Baby Yoda is you know playing catch with his you know adoptive dad if you will, and when they're sitting in right when this episode starts off they're sitting in the ship, and Boba Fett I keep saying Boba while, the Mandalorian um, turns around and says Grogu and Grogu you know looks up at him adoringly and he's laughing he's like you know he's enjoying that he can finally communicate with the the baby, and then he's like. uh, give me, give me the ball. And then, you know, he's like, you know, take it just like before. And then the baby takes it and he's like, like a proud papa, like, mm-hmm. yes. And the yeah. baby drops it like, like, well, you know, and he's like, no, 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 you did good. <laughs> just that whole, that whole uh, pride that you know, Mandalorian was feeling towards baby Yoda. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, you did good kid, you know, you're special and, and and all that. And, um, and you know that it's gonna end in tragedy probably because he's like, you know, when we get to a Jedi, and if they want to take you, you got to go, but you know where that's going. Either Mandalorian, or Mandalorian will change his mind or something's going to happen to him, but they're not going to willingly separate. I don't see that happening. So something's going to happen. And um, uh, oh, and also the puppetry when, um, uh, cause I was, I was looking at the scenes when Baby Yoda was going for the ball and he was doing his, you know as Carl Weathers would say, the hand thing. And, and but just the puppetry, you know, of, mm-hmm. of a puppet trying to use the force was pretty impressive. Yeah. And of course, when he was playing, um, you know, throw a trooper, you know, uh, or as uh, in, in yeah. the Marvel universe would be called, I guess, get help.
2: Yeah. Get <laughs> so, help.
1: Get help. I don't like get help. <laughs> and and he was just slamming the um the uh the stormtroopers back and forth. And I want to give again another uh, callback. That cell reminded me a lot of the one Princess Leia was in in oh, episode yeah. four. She, you know, no frills, <laughs> just a slab that you sit on. And little Baby Yoda, of course, he's so small. It, it's insane that they're interrogating <laughs> Baby Yoda. And and um, and he had. But I like how um, Giancarlo Esposito, um, you know, Moff Gideon knew that after beating up the troopers. He because mm-hmm. he was like, you know, wait, let him have let him let him beat them up, and then you know, and again, Eric, you need to tell me, um, how your fiance felt when little baby Yoda got tired, and also when he was sitting on the temple. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm giving the internet a hashtag because it was, um, baby Yoda yoga, and because he was sitting there, you know, doing the the arm pose, uh, on the rock to, you know, get his Wi Fi mm-hmm. going, um, and but Eric. All those scenes, all those adorable scenes. What was your fiance's
0: uh, reaction to that? <laughs> yeah, she really. Uh, I mean, um, she was just worried, you know, when uh, when he was on the on the rock, um, doing the uh, the cylinder of the force, and then you know, because uh, she knew eventually that it was going to run out and that the troopers were going to get him. Um, And, you know, she was petrified when, when that happened. Uh, And then, you know, he got up into the, into the ship and it seemed like he was kind of fending, fending him for himself, you know? Uh, But then he got the little, little baby handcuffs on and she was, uh, she was, you know, just sad again. Um, (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, you know, she's she's very uh she's in mourning for uh for baby Yoda right now because he's been captured again and he's he's not with the Mandalorian right now. So you know the
1: episode indeed was a tragedy. Yes. You see what I did there?
0: Oh and, that was a
1: good connection. <laughs> they should pay me to write this stuff. Um now Logan, what type of a horrible organization would have baby handcuffs? What what is that all about? At the ready. <laughs> Cause you never know what you're gonna have to, you know. Oh, and also, now this this upset me. This was worse than when the two uh, uh, speed bike um, uh, uh, stormtroopers were hitting the bag with Baby Yoda in it. Mm-hmm. How do you stun gun a baby? Cause after, even after Baby Yoda was tired, and um, you know uh, Moff Gideon, you know, flashes the dark blade, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh not nice <laughs> for you." Yeah, you'll put your eye out, kid. You know, not not for you. Um, and then he said, "It's yeah, a fun his...
2: reference from the first movie." Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And um, and then he's uh, he's like, uh, you know, yeah, stun him. So the little he's already tuckered out, and little baby it was like just barely hanging in. The, and then he just stuns him. <laughs> it's like, "Don't taste me, bro." But but uh, yeah, what <laughs> what what are, you, what are your thoughts about that, Logan? Do you think they're intentionally touching our buttons to get us more? You know, just see that see the dire straits of the situation that they're they're mistreating baby yoda
2: i mean i think they're they're certainly not trying to portray any kind of uh, redeeming qualities of the empire or remnants of the empire in any way so they're not graying the black and white-ness between the empire and the force you know then and everybody else kind of good and bad type things um and i mean there's there's been lots of, of you know, either stories or, or other kind of both legends and now canon again type history of the Empire doing crazy experiments and trying to find Force-sensitive children and and keep them either from going to the Jedi or turn them to themselves. Um, I mean, the Empire through the Clone Wars had the Inquisitors, which were Force-sensitive kind of evil users and, and stuff like that. So it's not for an organization that is as you know starkly evil as the empire um i think baby-sized uh force dampening shackles are the least of the things we should expect from them
1: i wasn't aware so those shackles temper down the force is that
2: it appeared that way um i don't know why else you would bother putting the little light up special effects in it um but i know they've had that in uh, it's been displayed in i think clone wars and i don't remember if i saw them in revels but they use them on um I want to say it was darth maul actually once ahsoka captured him on mandalore ah, um huh. but yes they they do have ways to kind of dampen and and stop that kind of stuff so with everything that the empire has been up to i'm i'm not surprised they have them in pint-sized version as well
1: yeah the extra small mm. yes yeah for the for the little jedi it's like a you know official price play set you know but uh And and, yes, I get it. It would be similar to like the X Men uh, collars they put Mm -hmm. on them to uh, inhibit their uh, mutant abilities. But yeah, um, yeah, you're right. That 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 they're just diabolical. And and again, the the obvious reference is to the Nazis. So we we all know they did some horrific things, especially to children. So this, yeah, it seems like Mm -hmm. they're just leaning into that. And 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 again, I I I, I want to see what do you, how do you think? Let's just play, you know, script doctor slash slash fortune teller. Where do you see this going by episode eight, uh, Logan?
2: I think we might get um, actually season two ending on an unresolved climax. I think we're going to see some sense of what the experiments were being done on Grogu uh, because they did say when they were, or the doctor said in that hologram that, you know, results were positive for a week or two, a couple of weeks. So if Moff Gideon just, you know, a fortnight or whatever, I think he said. Um, so if that's disposable enough to still be a value, then we may have a, a you know, disposable type Force-sensitive dark trooper battle to rescue him. Mm. Um, I think the fact that he did send a signal means somebody's coming. Oh, yeah. I think, um, that's, I think that's a little locked and in. And that's not come. even to say it's just not Ahsoka again. Man. There are only so many Jedis, and she might have needed to see if he was going to actually even ask anybody else to come before she could know if that was something that she could do or not. So it could be Ahsoka, it could be it better not be a Skywalker. Um it could be somebody else that we haven't seen or don't know. Um I think that that if it were me and it might be, you know, kind of seen, I would end on whoever is coming comes and you don't know if it tips the balance of the standoff, but it's definitely going to change it and leave you wondering and talking until episode one, season three.
1: What do you think, Eric? Uh, do you have any um, expectations or projections for the, the final two episodes? Do, do you are like, I, I know you said you're along for the ride, but do you want to see a specific type of an ending? Do you want to see? Yeah, and again, ending I think is. Relative because obviously you got to keep it, keep the franchise going.
0: Um, okay. So there's, there's really three things that I would like to see. Uh, One, I want to see, uh, Grogu get the dark saber somehow. I want to see him possess it. The second thing I want to see is I want to see what the scope is of the empire at the end of, you know, by the end of this season, I want to know what the scope is of the Empire. Is it just Mos Gideon? Is there another Death Star? How many ships do they have? Give me some kind of idea how strong they are. Um, the third, the third piece, I'm trying to remember, I had it just in my brain just a moment ago. Um Yes, the third piece is I want to see. Believe it or not, I want to see the Mandalorian kind of returning to its roots, where it's really the focus is on the Mandalorian and the Baby Yoda. Like I, I want to I want to see it. Them pull that back together because that, for me, um, you know, Favreau has already noted that it's a lone wolf cub type situation with this this, with this show and i want to see it end in that way too i don't want it just to completely um unravels not the right word but just be consumed by yeah be consumed i want to see it maintain its its core
1: that's no that's an excellent point you're right because the more characters in the empire it it becomes just another Star War. whereas you know when they're you know on a yeah. ground level, just yeah. you know uh, again because
0: that's what draw that's what drew me to this series in the beginning, right? Is that it's a Western, kind of you know, um, with uh, yeah it's it's the the way that it's shot the the Western sentimentality the kind of mono e mono kind of battles that we get the landscapes. That's what drew me to the series in the beginning, and um, I want to see a little bit more of that in in what I feel like is a inevitable season three.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what, I'm I I'm kind of burnt out on the whole space dogfight. I like the atmosphere dogfights. You know where they're you know flying amongst the clouds again. Yeah. You know ground level type of stuff, not destroyer against destroyer or fleets against fleets it okay. i'm burned out on that uh well, almost forgot they are uh, they did they are talking about um bill burr because now that the mandalorian wants to be able to track and find out where um grogu is he said um he went to gina carano and gina carano this is hilarious so so gina carano took up the badge and she is i guess the official marshal of that town she was in um and you guys will love this because uh, when um, Mandalorian shows up and says, "I need your help," and she goes, "Listen, I just got this job. I can't start, you know, breaking protocols." And he goes, "They got Baby Yoda," and she goes, "Oh, okay. What do you need?" Which was endearing, but uh, then she got on the, uh, you know, the computer and started looking up. I said, "Oh, don't get on the, don't get on the computer, Gina. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not your thing." <laughs> I was expecting her to start, you know, typing and then banned. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, to that point, she pulled up, uh, you know, some files and she found Bill Burr's character. I forget his name from the earlier episodes, but um, they're going to be bringing him back with all of his Boston charm. And and we'll, we'll see, you know, what goes on with, uh, with that. So do you think it's going to be kind of like the, um, the end game last season where everybody just shows up to save baby Yoda? They just start coming out of the woodwork.
0: I mean, I, I think I think it's inevitable that we're going to get another of these incredible, another one of these incredible uh, physical action type uh, scenes somewhere near the end of the season uh, because they mastered it at the end of season one. Um, that was a scene, and the technology there uh, was unlike a lot of other action scenes that we've ever seen before so uh we're gonna get another one of those for sure excellent point
1: no no yeah and and uh uh one of the things i also uh and and logan you had brought this up before about the risk that the um the um lucas limited was going to take disney um in regards to going with an unknown mandalorian and i know the internet was kind of murmuring about it too because Sure, a Mandalorian is cool, but we know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. That, I think, allowed them to explore all the different facets and kind of see what hit in season one. So they, you're, and Eric, you're 100% right, they got their their rhythm down so they can just start touching on things. And to your point, not have that universe envelop the Mandalorian mm-hmm. story, but have him engage with certain aspects of it, mm-hmm. you know, touch and touch and go away. Which I think would be um, ideal, um, you know, because I like I like the reference to the characters. I but I don't want it him just to be a supporting character in a larger story. It should stay mm-hmm. the Mandalorian story, absolutely. And and the um, Lone Wolf and Cub is it's it's endearing. And back to that point uh, about them doing this whole series, not really knowing what to expect. I think because. If you go back to your roots, and again, George Lucas made this film with uh, obviously Kurosawa's influence, Flash Gordon, basically the best things of his childhood, putting it into a storytelling vehicle. This is the same thing. This is, you know, Kurosawa, Lone Wolf and Cub. So it wasn't like they were exploring new territory. They were just retelling um, prior tropes that are proven and but, and also, because they they were trying to recreate the magic of you know the the first uh, episodes four, five, and six, I think they did it brilliantly, where they said, "Well, yeah, we can do all these things, but let's just try to retrace what um Lucas did. You know, yeah. let's get some specific influences from these specific directors and just retell those kind of stories in in this universe and and i I think that was one of the most brilliant things they did because, when people try to expand and go off in different directions it, it's hit or miss it could be brilliant but it's it's not proven uh properties so mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah and again th- that's one of the things i love about this episode is you guys have brought so much insight into the the points of reference and you know um obviously just coincidentally we were we did we watched yojimbo before this whole thing came out and then it all falls into place because you're like oh yeah and especially in the um ahsoka um, uh, on, on the uh, Instagram, you'll see on Bench Theory Instagram, we posted uh, a, sh- a shot by shot comparison to um, Yojimbo, where Yasoka's walking into town or walking down the main street, exact same shot. And the, the rival gang is at the end of the street, exact same shot. So they are trying to recreate proven things. They're not exploring, they're, they're, they're putting their own flavor on it, but everything oh, yeah. is just, it's all homage.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm eating it up. I'm eating it up. I mean, you give me a weekly uh, serial that has some elements of, of Westerns in it. I'm there with Kurosawa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, sold. Yeah.
2: One point that I did think of while we were talking about this, though, of all the names we've thrown out, we haven't thrown out the one name that has also been rumored to getting his own spinoff.
1: Mm-mm.
2: Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, uh, but do we want that? Uh, no, no, I, I, as I don't, far I, as I would be willing to go into the Skywalker family, if you no, will. No, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I would be
1: okay with Ewan McGregor's spinoff, but do we want Ewan McGregor? Is that his spinoff? He, wait a second. I'm trying to do the the timeline here. Is, 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 he... Obi-Wan, is Obi-Wan still alive? Oh. oh, no, no. He died in episode four. So, yeah, I'm sorry. No, he's, he's long, been long gone um, by the time this um, Mandalorian
0: show started. That's right. That's yeah, because
1: right. um, this, this takes place after, uh,
2: after uh, Return of the Jedi.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I guess we could have visions. It would be really hard.
2: Even in Yoda said to him after episode one, you know, you have special training to do with your master who was killed. So does that then open any Jedi's force ghost to be Grogu's trainer and have any kind of training or cameo or, or plan or job or, or whatever that way? Like, does it pull in the world of of spirits in order to do it?
1: You know what? Uh, as exciting as I think that that would be. It, it kind of takes away all the consequence of jedi's dying where and and again i mean don't get me wrong mm-hmm. ever since tupac came out in a hologram it seems like anything's possible so sure um have you know obi-wan uh force ghost show up but mm-hmm. would it and again i have i i do have issues with some, actually this is something that i've heard on the internet uh, in regards to just overall star wars theories um that when you, the the actual force ghost, is it technically, you know, a spirit coming down in a form and having a conversation, or is it kind of like you need to be, you know, it's like ACDC where you need to be a Jedi and you kind of have the force in you and then you're perceiving a communication. The only reason I say that is because if, Obi-Wan were to train Gogu, would it be Ewan McGregor or, you know, the older Obi-Wan who died, you know, as as an older, because there is kind of this whole thing where I think they did like a uh, 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 an edit of Return of the Jedi where they put Hayden Christensen in Mm -hmm. instead of older Vader, which again it's it is what it is, but that, that's just something that I've heard muttered on the internet is that, you know, the force ghost isn't really there. It's more of the force in you projecting, you know, spirits. Because, I mean, otherwise, what are these force ghosts just waiting around for somebody to beckon them? Are they just, you know, watching over everybody and they, they just show up when you need them? Or is it something around the lines of you you have it within you and and when you need it, you call upon it like a – because, you know, I mean –
2: I mean, I mean, it's stuff that, that Lucasfilm and Disney has to sort out because you've seen it both ways where it seems certainly like, you know, Yoda told Obi-Wan that he's totally going to be reaching out to Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon already called him on Spirit Phone. Yeah. And <laughs> you've got, you know, episode nine where Rey just manages to have everybody's, you know, help there because she happens to will it into existence kind of a thing. So, again, like most things, Star Wars there's there's both ways that it's been done, so it it still leaves it to be seen I think what uh the 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 one true way is
1: yeah no it and again it, it it's it's magic it's it's religion, it's you know wizardry, all that so i I just it seems a little you know underwhelming if all these ghosts are just kind of hanging around like um uh, <laughs> you're gonna love this. they get two like,
2: weeks leave from their ghost planet.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, is this whole thing basically uh, what's his name from Roadhouse? Uh, uh, darn, I can't remember his name. What say Swayze that again? Is yeah, Patrick. Patrick is, like, is it is it like Patrick Swayze where all these forest ghosts are just walking around trying to interact with people that can't see them until you know, um, or or like Sixth Sense? That's probably a better one. They wait for that one person that actually can see them and interact with them. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it is interesting. Uh, And again, but obviously like, let's say for example, uh, when, um, um, an empire strikes back when Luke was dying out in the snow and he got the vision of, of, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's telling him literally where to go places that Luke would not know to go. So there's obviously some sort of a, uh, 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 you know, a communication, but it's just interesting. I mean, you know, it's. It it seems. I don't want to say it seems like an easy out. Where, well, let's just bring back so and so in in ghost form whenever it's, uh, you know, beneficial. But yeah, I I could be wrong. Yeah, I'd like to be wrong. Yeah, I, 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 I would like to see that. But then again, you. When we when we did ask them to explain the force, and it turned out to be basically. You know, like metachlorine positive blood, everybody lost their mind saying, What is this garbage? You know, and, and yeah. they've so been in this series we'll and seen it both off.
2: ways again. So, yep.
0: uh, no, yep, that, oh, Eric,
1: that, that's when you jump ship. Was,
0: um, yeah, i when, when, when with, with all due respect, I, I don't have any problem with Star Wars fans, but after the uh, the last Jedi, that was that they just cut my head off, they literally <laughs> cut my Star Wars head off. Yeah. And, uh, to me, for I just look at episode four, five, and six, and like, yep, that's my Star Wars, and I'm I'm done. I don't want to hear anything more about from you guys. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just growing up. I don't know.
1: Exactly. I and I'll tell you what I was kind of teetering on Jedi just just because you know. I
0: was so miffed. I was so miffed. <laughs> just oh my goodness. I mean, just, yeah, no, that's not how the force works anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, now, now you're doing lines from uh, uh, Han Solo, you know, no. that's not no. how the force works.
0: <laughs> just, I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't care about it so much, yeah. it wouldn't hurt so bad, you know? Um, so, True. Yeah. True. No, really not, and,
1: and you always have that thing where you have a, a let's just use an analogy. You have the perfect iPhone. It's perfect. It does everything you need. It has your connectivity. It works properly. Then all of a sudden, they say, "Well, you know what would be better if we took out the ports and you know had it you know, had, they had the buds totally wireless." And it's like, "Well, don't yeah, but why? You know, you had it right. You had it right the first time. What are you, you know?" So I think that's kind of what they're doing is they're always trying to improve upon it. But again, the ones that send teams, you know, tend to work are the ones that are proven, the ones that have a solid focus. You know, they're based yeah. on a particular genre, the space Western, if you will. And they go down that road. Everything else is is a hat on a hat. And it yeah. tends to be just spiraling in different directions. Speaking of um, genres, and I know we're talking a Mandalorian, but the whole aspect of the space Western, if you will, I also um, have been hearing about the upcoming uh, movie, or maybe a series. I don't know if they've changed their um, their um, planning on it. But uh, are you familiar, Logan, with uh, the uh, Cowboy Bebop? Yes, vaguely. That to me would be something that would be great to be bringing into a series. You know, um, again, it's it's noir. Mm-hmm. it's sci-fi it's but it's ground level it's not some big thing it's just detective stuff but anyway just just putting that out there we can do a whole other series going back and talking about um cowboy bebop sometime
2: well i, um, I think we'd first have to have you know a conversation about has there ever been a good anime to screen transition
1: <laughs> we 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 touched on that yeah, yeah.
2: it's it, yeah.
1: But, but again, you know Anything's possible. Uh, I think, you know, because... Just takes uh, one to show them how it's done. Exactly. Studios are, are trying to trim the fat. They're trying to keep things on streaming platforms now. Uh, you know, obviously you guys have heard that uh, the uh, Warner Brothers company for the 2021 lineup is doing simultaneous theater and HBO Max uh, releases, uh, which theaters do not like, understandably. But it, I think that could be... beginning of the end of the large theater franchises Mm -hmm. because even when we are back you know past this whole um current situation with covid the the hesitance to go something on that kind of a business model where anything could just wipe you out i think will you know kind of be factored into the the big theater chains
2: so i mean for basically a tick price price of a ticket for just myself I can get the new movie that comes out the month and all their back catalog I can make my own popcorn with my own stuff like it's no longer a you know $50 $60 $75 event for just a couple um yeah I mean that would pretty well steal it for me
1: yeah yeah I mean and and again you know we'll we'll talk about it on another time but yeah the the streaming platform is making movie theaters go Mm -hmm. the way that Netflix took out Blockbuster it's just it, the delivery system. It's just better, you know. It you don't have the experience, but you have the product. So you're, you're gonna have. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a theater fan. I love the whole ritualistic, yeah, yeah. you know, concessions, sitting in a quiet, big, open room. And sometimes distracted.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but any, anyway, that's another topic for another day. I'm just a simple man on a on a podcast trying to make my way through the internet. Um, <laughs> But but gentlemen,
2: there's the news sign off every time. Exactly.
1: We're just simple men trying to understand this series. <laughs> uh but no again. Um, but 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 guys, yeah, I, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. I think this was uh again one of my favorite episodes. Uh we got two more, you know, that are coming down the pipe. Uh if if they stay true to form, I think it's gonna be an amazing finale. You know, we, we, we did kind of have some trepidation because of some of the fillers that mm. they were having. There weren't as story driving as we would have liked, but, and again, there, there are little things in this episode, but all in all, the utilization of Boba Fett and the bringing back, oh, one last thing, the scars. Do you think those scars are from the Starlight pit or just from being a bounty hunter for a long time? Because they never really went into it. I'm sure in the in the prequel, if they have one, they'll disclose maybe that. Um, and again, I'm I'm kind of answering my own question because like I was saying before, Logan, they don't really think that deep. It's just, you know, he was in a pit, now he has scars. I, I think
2: the stars. answer is easily just yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah he, you know, he, you know, he, he fell on his face and mm. it's very unfortunate, but that's rough. It, 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 it's, it's a harsh planet, as, as they were saying. So, um, guys, as always, I appreciate that. Any, anything before we sign off, because, you know, are there anything that you guys are binging? Anything that you want to recommend? We, we, um, we could always, uh, you know, throw out something last minute.
0: I'm watching the uh, flight attendant on HBO Max. Really? Uh, Who's in that? Uh, Kaylee Kuku. I don't know how to mm. pronounce her name properly. Um, it's it's quite good. It's quite good. It's uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Mad Men and Dexter. Believe it or not. Oh. So uh, it's it's good. I'm through episode two. And um, I can't really talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil it. There's a little bit of a spoiler there huh. in uh, in the first cool. episode. So I'm just going to leave it at that.
1: Well, maybe we will have a branch off to talk about Flight Attendant. Uh, you know, time allowing.
2: I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. But very I hadn't important. planned on getting a ninth streaming service. But with uh, Warner Brothers' announcement, it looks like I probably will be getting the, um, what is it, what are they calling it now? They're. HBO max one or whatever. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, I I have HBO max. Luckily I I didn't even know I had it until I was just going through my apps and there it was. So.
2: Yep. And with DC universe kind of shutting down into a comics only and moving some of their, their library of stuff over to HBO max, it was only a matter of time anyway, because my children are young enough that we can pretty much put on uh, super friends from the 1960s and, um, it's safe enough for them to still get to watch superheroes. Um, So that that works really well. Uh, But no, my wife and I have actually been very much enjoying um, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery season three. Um, So we'll watch that on CBS. Um, It's kind of fun, actually. I like it, you know, instead of just, you know, binging is great, you know, obligatory, you know, corporate support there. No. Um, but I, I kind of like the the interim where it's like, you know, a new show is released every Thursday. So you don't have to tune in Thursday at eight if, you know, the baby's up crying or something else. But you know that whenever you get to it on a Thursday, you've got a premiere episode of, of what you're watching. Um, the way, you know, same way Star Wars is doing it, same way some of the others, kind of that hybrid uh, model. And um, yeah, Thursdays and Fridays have been uh, Star Trek Discovery and uh, The Mandalorian and this season of, of discovery has just been um i mean yeah i i am a big star wars fan but um even bigger star trek fan so um, take that for for what it's worth and and how much i do or don't yell at the tv for that one
1: i i you know i i like that i need to go back and start *Battlestar galactica from episode one season one and and i'll i'll try and catch up on the star trek as well um
2: yeah uh, it, I, it, battlestar galactica and babylon 5 were the two that i got into the both just into watching um but like i have um an obscene amount of actual props and and memorabilia from the shows um that uh, i just have have collected over the years and stories with the actors and and actresses and stuff that i've met at conventions or, or done other work with um it's those two shows in particular i would say are definitely my core you know where i invested a lot of my life um and oh. then star trek and then star wars from there
1: yeah gotcha well what well, we're gonna have to do a ranking uh, eventually so no no gr- great recommendations um you know just two that i had seen recently i may have even mentioned it last week is the undoing with um hugh grant and nicole kidman and uh the um jeez uh the yeah the queen's gambit with mm-hmm. uh, uh anya taylor joy just phenomenal uh dramatic films one was a, a kind of a murder mystery a murder um uh, uh hearing history uh murder trial uh, mystery and the other one is obviously the story of a woman whose superpower is her ability to process chess and she has personal problems, but don't all geniuses, Uh, you know, so those are ones I'd recommend as well. Awesome stuff, guys. uh, As always, I appreciate it. Looking forward to um, next week's episode to see where the Mandalorian, you know, takes us Um, everybody out there. Do not forget to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mother, you know, because, you know, we're, 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 we're in our, Jedi tube broadcasting out there to everybody, you know, just like baby Yoda and, um, you know, everybody out there, remember to be, you know, good to one another, be good to yourselves. And remember if it's worthwhile, it's worth binging.